Welcome to the SCORE Small Business Success Podcast, Been There, Done That. To get free mentoring services, as well as to see the wide variety of resources available for small businesses, visit our website at www.score.org or call 1-800-634-0245. And now, here's your host, Dennis Zink. Episode number 21, Analyzing Your Website Performance. Fred Dunnier joins me today in our studio as our co-host, SCORE mentor, and our audio engineer. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Dennis. Our guest today is Scott Ganello. Scott Ganello is a consultant, author, and speaker specializing in search engine optimization, also known as SEO. His clientele ranges from small startup businesses to large global companies such as Victorinox Swiss Army. Scott's latest book is Common SEO Mistakes, Basic Edition. Scott looks at 25 basic search engine optimization mistakes that can kill your business. His knowledge and ability to explain SEO in non-technical terms to the average website owner is what makes him one of the best SEO consultants in America. Scott, welcome back to Been There, Done That. Thank you, Dennis. It's great to be back. Scott, today we're going to talk about website performance. How does one analyze their website? Well, there's many ways to analyze your website. Number one, if your sales are going through the roof, if your phone calls are coming in, getting a lot of email requests, those are all uh, ways to kind of verify that it's working. But if you want to get more technical, you could uh, drill down into Google Analytics. Uh, There's a wealth of information that they provide that uh, can give you a lot of information on how your website's performing. And what exactly is Google Analytics? Well, the short answer is it's a tracking software. It tracks the traffic that's coming in. It, it tells you how long they've been on the site, how many users, you know, the bounce rate, pages per session, you know, a whole bunch of information that you can utilize and play detective, so to speak, to see what's working and what's not working. Is having Google Analytics the same as SEO, search engine optimization? Well, the answer is absolutely yes and no. Um, having a library card in your wallet that you never go to the library doesn't make you smarter unless you actually use it. So just having analytics, uh, a lot of companies think that that's SEO, that they're doing SEO. But the reality is, unless you're actually looking at those numbers and doing something with them, it's not really SEO. How is analytics used to help SEO? Well, um, you can, you know, you can look at uh, the traffic that's coming in. How many users you're getting per month? Is that number going up or is it going down? And basically all these numbers you look at is for you to kind of get an idea and start seeing trends and traffic patterns and what's working, what's not working. So, you know, you might have a really high bounce rate and that means people don't like your site. Unless, of course, the phone is ringing off the hook from that bounce rate. So there's trends and there's numbers, but you have to know how to look at those. How can the phone ring off the hook with the bounce round? Don't get that. Well, for instance, if you're doing an online sales and they search for a page online and they find that one page and they make the call right there or they place the order right there. In that case, that's not a bad bounce rate. What should the average website owner look at in Google Analytics? Uh, that's a good question because, you know, when I talk to clients around the world, they're like, they don't really understand the analytics. They say, well, we have Google Analytics on our site. Um, you know, for new new customers that we, we work with. And they, they don't really know what to look for or how to use that. So even if you just took the basics, and there's kind of two sides of it. One is your audience, which is gives you the numbers on who's looking, from where, when, all that, that information. And the other one is the acquisitions, how they're finding you. 
So if you, let's say on the audience side, you look at uh, your overview, it basically tells you a lot of things like how many people came to your site, how long did they stay on your site, how many pages did they look at, what was the bounce rate, uh, that type of information. So just looking at that gives you a wealth of information and after the intimidation wears off, you can start to see trends and patterns. And then the acquisition side uh, tells you where they're coming from, how they're finding you through the search engines, through referrals, through other websites, that type of information. Let's, let's break down into the audience first and then the acquisition second. There's a lot to cover there. If you could explain page views to start. Sure. If they come into your site and see one page and leave, that's one page view. If they see two or three pages, that's two or three page views. The more page views you have, the more engaging your website is. The more they're researching you, they're researching your products or service, they're looking at more pages throughout your site. The larger page view number is a better number. Just to clarify, I don't know that we explained it at the beginning, but if they do just view one page and then leave, is that the number that becomes your bounce rate? Yes, so a bounce rate is when they hit your site, see one page and they leave. Now that that bounce rate ties in with the time on the site, you know, sessions per user. So if you have a bounce rate very high and a sessions time on the site very low, that means something's not right. They go there and they leave instantly. That could be spam sites hitting you, that could be oh, it's not the page they were looking for, it's not the company they were looking for, or they're really not impressed with that one page and they leave. I've seen um, almost like a heat map, for lack of a better term, I'm not really sure what they call it, where you'll see how long a person lingers on a page and where they go, what they click. Is that all part of analytics? It is, and that's really high level. For the average user, just going on the overview is more than enough you need to learn about your site. Because most average websites, you know, are small businesses that aren't really using their website as, as powerful as they should. So just knowing these numbers, uh, the, the basic overviews and some of the basic numbers will give you a wealth of information. Once you get comfortable with that, then you can drill down even more with some more high-end uh, results. Is there a certain percentage in bounce rates that's significant? Like some, you want to be under a certain number or percentage? Well, every industry has kind of a baseline. What I can say is the the higher bounce rate is for companies that are that their their site's not up to speed to where it should be. Um, lower bounce rates generally tend to be websites that are more shopping carts. You're looking for a product and you go to the site and you start drilling into that category of let's say computers or you know baseballs or whatever, and you start drilling down. That has a much lower bounce rate because you have more products to look at. So our, our high-end global site has, you know, 10 page views per user. Those are 10 buy now opportunities. The average site locally might have three, two to three pages per user. So is one of the keys, as in any business metric, to look and see what you've been doing and try to approve upon it, regardless of what that number is? Sure. And tracking these numbers is a good way for you to focus on parts of your website that aren't performing as well. So if you know there's a page that has a very high bounce rate, you can look at that page and make it better. Try to see what's what's not working. Add some more buttons to say click here for special offers or you know read more here. You know kind of give a call to action for them to do something once they get there. And what's the difference between users and sessions? 
That's a great question. Users are the people that go there. So let's say 10 people go there. That's 10 users. And let's say each person goes back twice that same 30-day interval. And so you've got users of 10, but you have sessions of 20. So generally what you find is the users is one number and the session sessions are slightly larger than that because some people came back and looked again and again. Google tracks your IP address. So they know when they come to the site, if they're new to your site for the first time or they're returning. And it's that returning uh, viewer that creates a higher session. How about pages per session? Can you uh, comment on that? Sure. And that's, again, um, if you're if the average user is looking at 1.2 pages, that's a, probably going to be a pretty high bounce rate. I would imagine that what you choose to be the main page of your website, I guess they call that a landing page, mm-hmm. would be critical in determining whether someone who lands on that page continues on or not. Correct. And that is the most searched page is your landing page. By far, that's the number that everyone hits. Partly because you're not doing great SEO to have them find specific pages, so they, they generally show you up as the top page. What should be on a landing page? Your landing page should be almost like a table of contents. So what's in the site? Well, here's some of the products we have, bullet points, with links to the pages of those products. Here's some of our services with links to those pages. Learn more about us and who you know who's part of our team. Basically, it's a call to action for them, almost like a menu, where they can see what they're looking for, click on it, and go. So sometimes specials right off the top. You know, So there's if they're looking for buying something right there, oh, there's a special, let me click on it. Basically, you want to have what your whole site is about cleanly on that top page. I've seen where companies sell as a service like landing pages. And I mean, it might even be called like Lander or something like that. I forget the exact name. But could you explain, does that have SEO built into it? Or is that something that makes sense for the average person who has a business to use those types of landing pages? Or should it be created in some other fashion? You should do everything on your own site. You shouldn't pay another company to have them find you on their site to drag you over to your site. Because the money you're spending with them, you could be putting back into your own site to make it better than what that service is going to give you. And how about average session duration? How long do you find that people stay on a site? And if you can make you know some interesting comments about that. Sure. And that's a great question. Uh, the average session for most of uh, the small businesses around the, the country is a small number. Because they basically are looking for a product or service, they find it, they look at a couple of pages, and within a minute to two minutes, they're calling or they're emailing or they're leaving. So most people will go to a website because they're researching them. They'll click on a few pages. They may not necessarily read everything, but they'll look around quickly and say, do I like this site or not? It's just like when you meet someone, you you kind of know within the first couple of seconds if this person is trustworthy, if you like this person, if you want to continue the conversation. Your website is the same. They find your site. If it's engaging, they'll click through a couple times. They'll build up trust and they'll pick up the phone or they'll send a, an email from the contact form on the site or they'll buy a product online. One of the Google analytic uh, numbers is um, new sessions. Can you go over that? What does that mean? Sure. So new sessions is somebody who's never been to your site before. And that's a good number to track because if all your traffic is returning business, you're not finding the people that don't know about you. So your new sessions, you always want to try to keep that at a large number. Generally, we try to keep our clients with new sessions at anywhere between 70 and 85%. And that brings in opportunities for more business. 
How about geocoding or geolocations? That's a great thing to look at because what it does is, you know, the 30,000 foot view, so to speak, gives you the world and shows you where you're getting found from. But as you drill into it, let's say you drill into the United States, then you have the map that has different colors for the states. The darker, the better. So you go to your state where you're marketing and you see little dots of where everybody found you in the last, let's say, 30 days. And that tells you if your marketing is working or your web development is working. And what you want to try to do is keep it into your area of where you're marketing. So if you see that it's a large group of dots in the, let's say, the Sarasota area, that's giving you proof of where people are finding you from. Dennis had mentioned before uh, we started recording that we were getting a lot of listens to our podcast out of Egypt. Now, we love having international listeners, but the score, which is, is what we're supporting here, is with only within the United States. So I see your point is if you're marketing a local service and it's being viewed by people in other cities or other countries, that's not necessarily doing you a lot of good. Right. And, you know, the, the geo-targeted part is really good because it gives you a list of your top cities and towns that they're finding you from. So if you're, if you're marketing, let's say, Sarasota, you can see that number. And if it's a low number, something's not right on your site. And it gives you the opportunity to go back in and, and restructure what you're doing in order to build those numbers up. The other good news is if you see another town that's doing very well, you could continue that bounce or that marketing uh, power that you're built up and continue to market that area. And also negatively, if let's say you're doing Springfield, well, there's Springfields in many states throughout the country. If that's generic and you're being found throughout the country, but you're not selling there, you might want to do Springfield, Massachusetts or Springfield, Illinois. So you can tighten up your local area. We started out with discussing audience versus acquisitions. What do you look for in acquisitions? Well, the acquisition side is the traffic coming in, how they're finding you. And again, it gives you a, a lot of information to look at. And it, if you're looking at it for the first time, it's a little overwhelming because it's percentages, it's numbers, it's bounce rates, it's purviews, it's, it's a lot of stuff. But if you take the time to just kind of let it sink in, this is where the CSI part comes in, you know, the, the crime scene investigation. Um, these are, this is um, information that you can gather a picture from. So your acquisition tells you it's coming in from Google Analytics. So it's an or organic hits, right? It lets you see how well you're doing organically. It also lets you see if there's some spam sites hitting you. There are a notorious amount of just really bad spammers out there that hit your site over and over and over, throw your numbers up, but also increase your bounce rate. And it brings no value to that. So you can see in this list what's coming in for a high bounce rate. If you see a lot of hits, but it's a 100% bounce rate, you want to back that company out with some code. You can delete them from coming in so that it, it prevents them from hitting your site. It also sees referrals, Facebook, Twitter, that type of thing, other websites. So your, your acquisitions part, uh, your source, is what tells you what's working and what's not working and how to adjust it. Why would spammers want to continuously hit a site? I don't understand why they would want to do that. Well, most of these spammers are coming from overseas, you know, Russia, Ukraine, um, we get a lot of brute force attacks lately from Italy. I, I don't know what the problem there is, but they, they try to break into your sites. So they hit your analytics. And if you've never used analytics before and you're just learning about this, you would say, oh, what's this company here? And you would go and search it. And when you search it and go to their website, you get a cookie on your computer. And then when you go to Amazon or some other buying places, they get credit. 
and that's just one of the forms that they kind of trick you into going to their website to see what it's all about. Hmm. That's really interesting. I didn't never knew that. Never heard of that. How about referrals? Can you talk about uh, traffic referrals? Sure. This is great if you're doing a lot of social marketing. All right. So let's say you're spending a lot of money on Facebook ads or boosting your ads on Facebook. Under the referral section, it tells you where your referrals are coming in from. They're coming in from Google Analytics. They're coming in from Facebook. They're coming in from Twitter. They're coming in from somebody else's website as a referral. This is a way to validate what you're spending on some of your social marketing or other types of referrals is either working or not. If you're spending hundreds of dollars a month on Facebook and you've got six referrals that six people actually came from Facebook, probably not a great idea to continue spending that. You may want to look at other areas. So the referral part helps you see exactly where the traffic's coming from. Direct, meaning they've bookmarked you, or it's everyone in the office that has it bookmarked or is just typing it in, or organic, they're searching for phrases, or they might be searching for your company name because they heard it. Uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, other referrals from other sites, that's that's the referral part. What about sharing? Um, you know, you, you always see this little thing, share it. So right. you click it and put it on LinkedIn or something, or sure. Facebook. Talk about sharing as far as analytics goes. Well, um, when you share something, people may read the article, and they if there's a call to action in that share button, click here to go to the contact form or the specials page or the home page. Um, if you share that and it goes out to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, everywhere else in the, on the Internet, and people start clicking from that, you can track that through your incoming traffic from your source. So if you're going to do that, it's good to know which ones you're doing so when the referrals do come in, you can tie it to that and validate that it's either working or not working. What in general advice would you give somebody who's wanting to know about analytics other than what we've just covered in the podcast? What other things should they be considering and should they be thinking about? Well, you know, you, you, you first of all want to take the time to, number one, put Google Analytics into your website. There's a code that they give you. It's free. It's no charge. You put the code into your head tag so that Google can start tracking it. Second, the most important thing is to actually go there and look at it. See the trends. So with our, our business, we look at certain trends that help us make better decisions in order to market their company better. You know, when we see landing pages, for instance, under your acquisitions, it tells you your most popular pages. Those pages we know are working very well. We can use that and say, what is it about this page that is making it get found so many times, number one. And then we can try to mimic that on other pages that have a high bounce rate and make those pages better. The second thing about those landing pages, the most popular ones, is if you know everyone's going there, let's put some more calls to action there. Maybe the specials link or click here to learn more about this product or call now or something because you know you have pages that people are finding. So using analytics to start looking at the numbers, it just starts to create a clearer picture about your business, about what's working and what's not working. I get the uh, impression, though, that if you look at your analytics too often, it's like looking at your stock portfolio and the stock market all too often, that variations, short-term variations, can drive decisions that maybe shouldn't be made. Is, is there some frequency rule of thumb that you should uh, look at in terms of how often you review those analytics? Um, sure, and, and you're right, because there's a big red bold number there that says down 27%. One of the things on the overview is when you first log into your analytics on the overview, there's a graph. 
And it basically looks like a roller coaster. The numbers go way up and then they go way down and they go up and they go way down. And generally your, your numbers you're looking at are on a 30-day basis. And just looking at that, you might be thinking, oh, we're losing business on that day or we're doing really great on these days. But if you step back a little bit, you look at those days and you realize Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are the highest in general for a lot of our clients. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is the highest time people visit the site. Thursday, Friday starts to slow down. Saturday and Sunday, there's almost nothing. Now, the average look at that would say, well, we're not doing a lot of business on the weekends. Or you could also say, people are at work searching for you on on company time. So on the weekends is the best time to do work on your site because nobody's visiting it or very few are visiting it. Uh, Again, to those numbers that you're looking at. But by looking at the overview and looking at that graph, you get to see the patterns of how people are coming to your site. And that gives you, you know, more information on, okay, we're going to roll out a new page or two, or we're going to take the site down for maintenance. We'll do it on the days that nobody's going there. I suppose you have to be careful about the the Dilbert syndrome, the one where uh, the boss is noticing that that 40% of the absences are on Mondays and Fridays. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, looking at those numbers, knowing that people are in an office uh, looking at your website and everyone else's website, one of the reasons when somebody says to us, well, we want to have a video on our site and we want it to have it play right off the bat. Well, if everyone's at work and they've got their speakers on and they go to your website, that video is going to start blasting and you just outed that person that they're surfing the web on company time. That's the best way to lose somebody from your website. We've talked pretty much specifically about Google Analytics, but without getting into a lot of detail, does does Google Analytics cover everything that goes on with your website? Are there other tools and things that you should be looking at? Yeah, Google does not, Google Analytics does not cover everything, but it covers of information that lets you gather trends and ideas and information on what's working, what's not working. They also have another product uh, called Webmaster Tools. What are Webmaster Tools? Could you elaborate on that, please? Sure. Webmaster Tools is another free product from Google that helps you manage your website a little bit more finely detailed than the analytics. Once you know the trends from your analytics, you can then look at the actual technical numbers through Webmaster Tools. For instance, this is where you would submit your sitemap to tell Google what's out there for pages. What's a sitemap? Well, uh, an XML sitemap is uh, a tool that Google listens to when you produce a new page or a new product or a new service or any information you update your website to, it calls them in to say there's something new. So it's a way for them to know you're there and to know how many pages you have, but also it lets them know um, what pages they like. And then they tell you that they like a certain percentage of pages uh, via indexing. So when Google indexes your pages, it gives you a separate number. Can you explain indexing in a little more depth? Sure. Indexing is when Google sees your website, uh, your new pages, and they say, I like this page, and it's got good content. We're going to index it. Basically, that means you're in the game. You're going to show up in the search engines. Where? Well, that's to be found out over a period of time. You know, if you if you have a page that they really like, eventually they'll hopefully bring you towards the top. And indexing is a quick snapshot. So when you do a search and you come up in, you know, a third of a second, those pages are all indexed. Google took a snapshot of them and placed them there. So if you have 100 pages and you've got 80 pages that are indexed, 80% of your website is indexed with Google. 
you've got a better chance of showing up than if you have, let's say, 20 pages indexed. I recall someone, perhaps you in the SEO session, mentioned that one of the things that Google looks for in determining whether or not to, to elevate your uh, listing is how often your page is updated. Is that the mechanism that's used to, uh, to determine that? Well, that's one out of about 200 mechanisms. Um, you know, over the years, they relied heavily on links coming to your site, meaning a lot of people are linking to your site. You're an authority site. I just read an article the other day saying, well, we're going to back off on the linking end of it because over time, people know how to abuse that and, you know, false links and, and whatnot to kind of monkey up the system. So if you have uh, information that you're updating on your site, if it's very relevant and good content, that's great. If you're making one word bold and you're putting two extra commas in to update the site or that page, that's not going to do anything for you. So it has to be good quality content that's even better than it was before. Can you explain a little bit about keywords and the importance of that? Sure. So what's great about uh, Webmaster Tools is it tells you what keywords or keyword phrases are doing well for you. So every, let's say, 30 days view of what your site's doing, it'll actually break down your top pages and it'll tell you what keyword phrases people are finding you for. This is very important for the SEO side, the, the real optimization part, because if you know you've got words that are showing up on the top page, those words are relevant. You can continue your process building your website via that. It'll actually tell you what number you showed up. So if you were 4.1, you were on the top page between four and five on that list. So what's great about that is you get to see a list of all your top page results and your second page results and third page results. So as an SEO company, we look at those second page results and say, how can we make them better and bump them up to page number one and then work on the page three results and bump those up. The top page results, those are working. We look at the ones that are just about working and aren't working and figure out why and do something to help them. What about people that send emails to you that say, I can guarantee getting you on the first page? Sure. I can guarantee that too. I can do a pay-per-click ad for you. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, first of all, if somebody uh, solicits you out of the blue, run, hang up on them. I get calls. I'm in the SEO business and they call me to try to help my SEO company. Everybody is out there to make a buck these days. Be very careful. And can you go into something called crawl errors? Sure. This is also a very important one. When we take over a new site and we repair it or we try to change some of the pages that aren't working um, or no longer relevant, the worst thing you can do is just uh, delete a page out of your site. If Google has it indexed, and it was showing up somewhere, the last thing you want to do is to delete it because then you lose that capability of getting found again. Number two, you don't want to change the name of it. And if you do change the name or you delete it, when they come back to index your site, it's gone. And that's what they call a crawl error. We crawled your site and we can't find that page anymore. So what you want to do through Webmaster Tools is a 301 redirect. You basically say this page here is now that page and that takes care of it. They re-index it under the new page. Is there something you need to do to turn on Webmaster Tools? Yes, you sign up for it. And then you submit your sitemap. And that's free? Yes, it's free. You know, having said that, it's free. If you don't know what you're doing, it can be kind of challenging. So, you know, part of our SEO services, we make sure everything's working properly, and then we analyze all the information in there. And why would Google do this all for free? Because they want the best of the best on the top page. So they want to make sure you understand how to get there, 
And if you deserve to be there, they'll help you get there. If I have content uh, appearing on some page somewhere, and then it's my content, and then I repurpose that content, uh, or even copy it exactly into another site that I own, is that a good thing, a bad thing, or do I get in dinged for that, or, or how does that work? It's probably a bad thing. Uh, keep in mind the internet in the, big, the early stages was for uh, colleges and universities to grade papers and track uh, thesis and all sorts of documents. And early on, they did plagiarism as a, a check. So if you're copying from this site and placing it on a new site, you're basically plagiarizing another site. Even if it's your own content? Sure. And if you've got two sites that are competing with themselves, uh, Google will look at that and say, well, you're kind of spamming because you shouldn't have two sites to try to hedge the bets to get, get better results. Anything else we should know about uh, Webmaster Tools? It's a, it's a great uh, tool. It's free. And you really should have your sitemap plugged in and track what's working and what's not working. There's a wealth of information, and from there you can actually learn a lot and make the changes necessary to have better results. Well, Scott, thanks again for being our guest on Been There, Done That. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Fred. Great to be back. You've been listening to the SCORE Small Business Success Podcast, Been There, Done That. The opinions of the hosts and guests are theirs and do not necessarily reflect those of SCORE. If you would like to hear more podcasts, get a free mentor, view a transcript of this podcast, or would like more information about the services we provide, you can call SCORE at 800-634-0245 or visit our website at www.score.org. Again, that's 800-634-0245 or visit the website at www.score.org.